Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you very much for joining me this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. It is currently 1.21 a.m. when I'm recording this right now. Just, you know, kind of on that grind, uh, trying to utilize as much of my, you know, thinking power as I can, trying to make as many quality episodes as I can for everyone, and I hope that uh, you have been enjoying the podcast thus far. I know we have had our ups and downs, especially with uh, some technical difficulties and stuff like that, but um, I hope that you're able to overlook that and tune into the conversation at hand. Um, Moving forward to what this episode is going to be about, it's going to be probably about my third favorite film of all time, Uh, and and that's that's a steep list, if you will. This movie is called The Prestige. The Prestige was directed by Christopher Nolan, one of, if not my favorite director of all time. Um, This movie was released October 20th, 2006, worldwide. Uh, Release date for streaming services was on February 13th, 2007. The box office gross uh, in the U.S. was $53.1 million. pretty, Pretty solid. Uh, Runtime was about two hours and ten minutes, and then the production company was New Mar- New Market Productions. Um, this is a you know fantasy mystery thriller um, produced by Christopher Nolan, Aaron Ryder, and Emma Thomas. Written by Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan. Again, directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, the movie summary is pretty much these words here. An illusion gone horribly wrong pits two 19th century magicians, Alfred Borden, a.k.a. Christian Bale, and Rupert Angier, a.k.a. Hugh Jackman, against each other in a bitter battle for supremacy. Terrible consequences loom when the pair escalate their feud, and each seeking not just to outwit, but to destroy the other man. Uh, I think that alone should just get you enticed and, and captivated. It's... Not only is it fucking Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, but you also get uh, a young Scarlett Johansson. You get a Michael Caine. It's a loaded cast. Um, And you get Rebecca Hall, who was really good in it as well. Andy Serkis. David fucking Bowie. I I mean, you name it, it's in here. And you gotta give this credit... uh, for in me, me personally, I think this is probably um, Christopher Nolan's most creative and maybe even his best movie, just because of everything was so fucking perfect. The twists, the the storyline, the dialogue was written beautifully, but just the the thing about it the most, in my personal opinion, was the symbolism. What were these two? insanely talented magicians chasing other than just revenge. And you'll realize and learn why these two guys hate each other. Um, Definitely towards the beginning of the film. And if you are watching this film, I really recommend that you put your phone down, put subtitles on, and pay the fuck attention. Because there's a lot of very important parts, especially in the beginning Uh, I would say the first act of the film is probably the most crucial to be able to understand some of the full circle moments towards the end of the movie. Um, But if you're able to do that, you will genuinely understand and realize, holy shit, this might be the best movie I've watched in a long time. 
in a long time. I remember when I discovered this movie, I you know I first got the initial impression of magic, and it's like, uh, you know, it's magic. Uh, you know, I, I've seen Now You See Me. I've seen Harry Potter. This is nothing like that at all. It is more twisted. It's more in-depth. Uh, not just about the fucking magic. They're not waving wands around. They're not, you know, throwing cards and in the middle of the fucking air and robbing a fucking bank. This is about literally just a rivalry that turned into a, a foul, disgusting relationship because... You know, it, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, you know, one of them let the other down off rip. And since that moment, it was just set on just initial destruction, um, especially for Angier. Uh, this is my favorite Hugh Jackman performance. If you don't know who Hugh Jackman is, it's the Wolverine. Um, this movie, this is his best movie by a fucking mile. Uh, you can talk about The Great Showman, you can talk about Logan, you can talk about so many of his really awesome X-Men movies, um, but this is his best movie, uh, and it's not even close, and let me just tell you why. His performance is breathtaking. It it kind of is on a different fucking spectrum of good, in my opinion, because he's portraying a guy that lost everything, but had, like always played like he had nothing to lose, even when he made it, even when he was successful, and even when he was wealthy, he had someone that cared about him again in his life. He was willing to throw it all away for revenge, but not just revenge. It was something more. It was like, it was, he needed it. If he couldn't make it seem like he was the better magician... Like it was his alternate, like it was his ultimate fuck you to Borden, and like he had to have it. If he didn't, he would wither away and die, type shit. Like he literally, like it, just watch the movie. Like he, like there, he, there's not any length, any extent he wouldn't go to to make sure that he was overall in legacy terms the most successful magician in the world and that Borden would never top him in that regard. And um, I will say this, this movie just throws you so many fucking curveballs and there's so many plot twists and you're like, oh my God, how the fuck did they do that? Um, but Angier becomes, through loss and you know adversity, but also through dedication, I'll give him that, he was a very dedicated student of just the craft and he studied every trick he studied all of Borden's tricks and he would go and disguise himself and go watch Borden perform and steal and modify all the tricks just to be better to one-up him to, to just be better to, to always be better and Borden you know eventually had a trick that was the best that Angier had ever seen. So what Angier did was he took his trick, but he put on the best show. His stage name was the Great Danton. And he wound up 
being able to do the most successful teleported man of all time. Oh, excuse me, that's not the teleported man. This is like, he's walking through a door, and then 12 feet on the other side of the stage is another door, and pretty much he's falling through a trap door, and there's a guy that looks exactly like him coming out of the other door, but like walking up a staircase type shit. So like when the doors swing, you can't see behind the doors, so that's where the, the movement's going on. But he did that, and then it just got to the point where, you know, he, uh, Borden was sick of it. Sick of getting no recognition, so he hijacked the show. Took out the hay sack underneath the part where Angier was supposed to fall under the stage. So he destroyed his leg. And he tied up his, uh, Angier's double. Made him look like a fool, and then at, added himself in, uh, on stage. So that he was able to get some crowd over across the street to his theater. Um, it was just stuff like that. That was just like, they were driving each other mad because they were genuinely just chasing each other's secrets and, you know, talking about secrets. Borden, uh, played by Christian Bale, who's just another one of the best, like he, he might be top three actors of all time. I got Denzel Washington up there and probably Leonardo DiCaprio, but Christian Bale is just outstanding um, in this film, especially. He's playing a very interesting uh, character, and I'm not going to spoil anything about the character, um, but I will say this, that his secrets are the most valuable thing to him, and he does never seem like he's on that same wavelength as he was the day before. So it's just one of those things where, you know, you gotta pay attention to this film to understand it, to grasp the the plot line of it. And I really suggest that you do so because it'll leave a mark in your memory for sure. There's one scene that I did want to touch up on briefly. But before that, I did want to talk about uh, the ratings, which I believe are completely incorrect on Tomato Meter's part. 76% out of 204 ratings? That's that's pathetic. That's not true at all. This movie is a 90-95%. Um, if there is one. Like, shit. Um, and then the audience scores a 92% with 250,000 plus ratings. Thank you, audience, for understanding what a good movie is. We really gotta stop trusting all these rating sites, guys. Like IMDb, Tomato, Rotten Tomatoes... All that shit. You gotta really stop putting faith in them. Like, they're just... They all have their own agendas and their own biases, like us. But they just get paid way too much to review these movies. Like, seriously. Like, granted, I'm using this website for information. But I just... You know, if there was a more, like, film uh, index-oriented platform, I would use that 100% instead of, you know, giving these people clicks. But... Moving forward to the scene that I wanted to just briefly discuss, David Bowie is in this scene that just leaves a impact on me. And again, it's it's Rupert Angier, and he's talking to Nikolai Tesla, aka David Bowie. And what he's acquiring from Tesla is this machine. And it's really cool how this movie also shows a little bit of that 19th century perspective, not only with just the setting, but just with, like, the views of society and stuff. So, like, Tesla was getting pranked. 
he was getting threatened. His facility was getting fucked with by uh, by by various parties. Um, and but, but going back to it, Rupert Angier, while Alfred Borden was in prison for. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Technically, his mur- Rupert's murder. Um, Rupert was out there studying Alfred Borden's diary, trying to unlock the diary with a key. And a key is a single word that will unlock the diary and allow you to read the the magician's secrets. It's like a magician's code. And Christian Bale's character, Alfred Borden, is in prison. And while he's in prison, you know, and you get to see that in the beginning of the film, Rupert Angier is off acquiring a machine. And a machine that will turn the teleported man, the the trick originated by Alfred Borden, and you'll see how and why when you watch it, because you will watch this movie. I feel like I'm hyping it up perfectly. Uh, Rupert... Angier goes to Nikolai Tesla to acquire a machine that will literally transport him. That was the intention, at least. So what happens is Nikolai Tesla, he invites Angier, and this has been weeks into their sessions of talking and discussing this machine's process, and he pulls him upstairs, and Andy Serkis is literally like the waiter-slash-butler-slash-assistant guy. Really creepy and cool in this movie. Really cool top hats. Um, pulls him upstairs on the balcony to have a meal. And he was just asking him various questions. Like, what are the links that you would go to... To... Like, foresee... Like, to, to, to bring this to life. And Hugh Jackman, you know... His character, Angier, was always answering. Like, if money's a problem, I... I I can write you a check. And Tesla laughs at him. And he's like, no, no. I am a slave to my passions and to my hobbies. Don't let them enslave you. Take the machine. Burn it. Like, And I just, that scene, especially David Bowie's delivery of those lines, it, it hit. It kind of hit different. You know, because he was speak, his character was speaking from legit experience, and the way he says it, he's like, "Damn, he's contemplated, he's lost a lot to this, to even his dreams, to his passions, to his hobbies. He's become enslaved by them. They run him, they rule him, they've conquered him." And it was just a very interesting thought process to like go through especially as a young man at the time watching that for the first time like and just thinking about that and it really hit me and stuck with me I'll never forget that scene I'll never forget David Bowie as Nikolai Tesla either and I think if you are like not going to watch the movie but maybe you're just listening to the podcast uh, this episode to support which is greatly appreciated make sure you guys are giving us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Tea Time Reports but if you don't plan on watching this movie um, I definitely recommend you at least look up that scene on YouTube. Uh, just look up the uh, Rupert Angier and Nikolai Tesla lunch scene. And you can genuinely enjoy what real acting and real filmmaking is in probably a three-minute conversation. Because one thing 
about Christopher Nolan's movies is this movie had to be edited superbly for it to even make sense. And it was. Like, everything was perfect. It, it felt smooth when there was tons of flashbacks. There was tons of moments where you had to kind of correlate that scene with this scene to tie it together to make it make sense. And it was smooth all the way through from beginning to end. And I appreciated that thoroughly. Because a lot of these movies that do try this kind of stuff, they have no idea, like, how the fuck to, to make the writing make sense. And especially when you have to pair the, the writing with the actual visuals. I mean, that process alone is so insane to where, like, if you're already making the writing complicated enough and trippy, just the editing process of making the visuals actually be able to portray and tell the story properly, that is, that, that's a mind fuck how guys get that and, and gals get that done. Seriously, like, you have to be on an immense amount of Adderall to just be able to sit there and fucking edit that shit together. And props to you, uh, to you film editors out there for bringing some of the really, genuinely the coolest content, especially in the past 25 years with the, the CGI and shit. Like, your jobs are fucking priceless. Like, you're working a dream job, but you're also, again, probably on an immense amount of, um, you, you know narcotics, which, you know, anyone in a creative field, I feel like, is. So, we'll just uh, leave that at that and, you know, move on to, I guess, the general rating of this film. In my opinion, this is a 9.5 out of 10. I think this is one of the closer films that'll be a 10 out of 10. Um, the only reason why I would not give it a 10 out of 10 is maybe because some of the, some of the aspects of the pacing alongside, like... I don't want to say the length of the film is the problem, but sometimes, like, I can see if you're just, you know, trying to watch a movie just to watch it, this is not one of those movies. Like, you can't tune in and tune out of it type shit. Like, it's it, it's got one speed all the way through, and you got to be along for the ride. So, it's one of those things where I would definitely put your phone down, tell your lady, tell your homies, hey guys, put your phones down, let's watch this, I heard it was really good. Please do that. Give it at least that respect because you will genuinely not regret it and it'll leave a mark on you mentally, maybe even spiritually because it was genuinely a fucking, it's a mind bender and it's definitely a, like a heart puller because like you gotta like, it's so hard to like choose who's right in the situation. This one guy has to avenge something that was done terribly wrong to him. And this other guy is like genuinely just trying to live his life and defend himself, but also kind of make a name for himself in a really small, ugly world at the time where, you know, your name meant everything to everyone. So it was just, you know, kind of interesting to see those parallels, especially with, you know, the the, the, the superb acting of Hugh Jackman and uh, Christian Bale. I fucked up saying superb. And so I kind of just added that little uh, twistusion on there. Hopefully you guys liked that. But I would like to say this. I would like to uh, greatly, you know, hope hope everyone out there acknowledges the fact that we are very, very thankful for all the support. And, you know, if you're just downloading or even just listening to the show, um, you know, if you give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Tea Time Reports, it's greatly appreciated. Uh, we, we see you, we notice you, and we're trying to be more consistent with the show because the more people that tune in and listen and give us a shot... Um, you know, the more we want to get out there and reach out to you and try and bring some genuine conversation with logic and open-minded thought processes that aren't bot-like mentalities. And I'm going to keep bringing that up because of that first official hater that I ran across. 
on Twitter, which I, you know, I get that you get those. I really do. But it's just like when you have no common sense, I guess it's just one of those things. But at the same time, really, I really hope that you guys check out The Prestige. Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, David Bowie, Andy Serkis. Great fucking cast. Christopher Nolan is the director. You know, guys, if you don't know who he... If you don't know what he's directed, The Dark Knight Trilogy, Insomnia, um, Memento, uh, Dunkirk, the new film Oppenheimer coming out, which I will definitely be getting a review out on this podcast about that film. Uh, Shout out to Cillian Murphy, one of my favorite actors of all time, a.k.a. Peaky Blinders, a.k.a. Scarecrow, a.k.a. just a fucking G, uh, was also in Dunkirk. I feel like Christopher Nolan just finds, you know, actors and actresses that he just thinks mesh well together, but also that he can, you know, visualize and portray and put up on screen and, like, he's familiar with their work, you know, and I I like that. I really do appreciate that loyalty sentiment. Um, But again, thank you guys very much for tuning into this Prestige review. Um, Again, check out the Prestige. It should be on Amazon Prime for free, if I'm not mistaken, but if not, you know, definitely rent it. It should be three bucks. If not that, definitely uh, ask your buddy or a friend that you know has a uh, movie library and borrow that hard copy. And if I know you personally and you haven't seen it and want to watch it and have no way to, come and get me and I got the hard copy. I think I actually have two. So <laughs> anyway, guys, you have a great one. Um, guys, gals, everyone across the world, in America, wherever you are, we appreciate you. We love you over here at Tea Time Reports. and. We hope you keep listening and uh, supporting this show and podcast. And make sure you guys do check out uh, Fighting Words Radio Network on blogtalk.com on Wednesday and Saturdays. I have a little segment on Wednesdays um, talking about the USFL and then when the USFL is over, the USL Championship Soccer League. And then on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, tomorrow, I'll actually be uh, talking to Vincent Papali. Um, so that, that's going to be exciting. So thank you very much, guys. Take care. Peace.